Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 115 for Monday, May 15th, 2017. Folks, and welcome to Gig Gab. As I said, the Working Musicians Podcast by, for, and about working musicians here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. Here in Los Gatos, California, it's Paul Kent. How's it going, Dave? It goes well. I have a new chair. It's not a new chair. It's a very old chair, in, but it's a replacement for the one that was even older here in uh, the podcast studio. And the old one had sunk down so much over the years that like even its highest level was much lower than was comfortable. <laughs> But it took me a long time to realize, wait a minute, you know, I'm like licking my knees while I record here. And so I, I feel like it's so energizing to sit at an appropriate level. So I'm, I'm you need a good chair. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that other one was a good chair. It just, you know, over time, it develops problems. Yeah. Anyway. So kind of yeah, a metaphor I'm, for life. Isn't I'm it? feeling good. Yeah. 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 It is a metaphor for life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Do you play this weekend, man? I had a couple of good acoustic gigs. I, I just, I'm just loving my acoustic madness trio. We are just having such a good time. It is so relaxed. The music just flows. The three of us get along splendidly, wonderfully. And yeah. uh, it's really nice. I mean, it's just like, and it's easy, you know, compared to like the setup and sound checking of a, of a full band. This is kind of like walk in, plug in and start playing and it sounds right. So it's, um, it's, it's easier in many ways um, and I love every song we play. I mean, you know, I've raved about my partners yeah. on this many times. And, you know, it's fun because we rehearse every once in a while when there's a when there's a three part harmony demanding thing. But most other things we can just pick up and go. So if someone brings something in or if the two of them have done a gig together and they have found something like like they started doing this Adele song. Hello, with this huge hit for Adele. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah. And, and, you know, they brought it in and Steve plays his part. And I found a part on top of it. And Mary Ellen sings the world out of it. It's just incredible. And that's just like an exercise in in simplistic not that the music's simplistic i mean just the the operation no, of the group dude but, i've uh, always said my favorite lineup in a band is a trio Be because of all the things you just painted that picture is why i like trios yeah. it's just it and you know I, I mean yes if you play in a in a full electric trio there's certainly more gear but it's not that much more sure. you know it's like that whole concept of setup and sound check is is just like you said it's like butter because everybody's just it's it's just three people there's no clicks there's no side conversations everybody's on the same page boom it's yeah. great yep it is great and you know even we get in this thing where we have a fun new song that we want to bring in for the trio because amongst that you know i'll do one or two or three solo songs steve will do one or two or three solo songs and sometimes sure. we're performing for each other and we just get a real kick out of it steve did Wichita lineman the other day and it just it was beautiful I mean it just blew me away and the changes are so incredible um it, you know it was like ah I gotta learn that song so every experience with the trio has just been golden lately and you know we've worked a lot and um it's really it's just really fun we did a private gig and then we did a and then we did a um a, a restaurant gig yeah both of them just just a blast and you know you really appreciate um ease 
You know, yes. not, oh, not yeah. simplistic. You just appreciate when things just go right. Yeah, that's it. Ease is the right word. Yeah. 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 It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. How about you? Did you play last weekend? No, I've had uh, I've had a couple weekends off as I kind of dive into the next wave of craziness for me. But um, I've got, have you had any more rehearsals with the new group? So I have one in a few hours here, which will be the I think actually I guess that that'll just be the second rehearsal, and it might be the only rehearsal we have left before um, before this this gig that we play, which yeah. is on the. Um, on, which is in, in, in like three weeks or something. It's on June 3rd. Yeah. How does this band prep its rehearsals? Yeah. So th- that's sort of the interesting thing <laughs> is um, like Gary, who's the guitar player and the manager of the band and, and runs the band in every aspect. Um, he sends out a, a um, we, you know, we have to pick a date and that's always sort of a weird thing. He's smart. He just, he throws a date on the calendar and, 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 and alerts everyone obviously. And then, it's up to us to say, actually, no, that doesn't work. Right. Which is a much easier way than trying to say, Hey, is everybody available Tuesday? Cause that never, I don't know. I, 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 I like his style of just, here's the date. If you have a problem with it, let me know. But if yeah. you can make it work, guess what? You're going to make it work. It's fine. You know? So, um, it might not be your absolute preference cupcake, but you know, it's going to be fine. So I like that. And he's not mean about it. He, that, the, the cupcake was my, <laughs> my addition to that. So, um, so we have that tonight. We have that tonight, but he's sort of the same way with the song list, especially when it comes to me, because he keeps throwing these tunes at me to sing and I, we'll just get, he sent out a PDF of, you know, all the songs that, uh, that we plan on playing at this June 3rd gig. And we have a, I, I suppose the sub is the right word, but I, when I joined the band, I was told there were a couple of female singers that he used, uh, interchangeably. And so we have one that I have not met yet for for this gig in june and uh so you know he put the list together of tunes that he knows she sings and that sort of thing and then there were i don't know three or four songs on there for me to sing and one of them was one that we've never talked about it was summer of 69 by brian adams and so it's an interesting thing to have somebody just tell you oh yeah you know just go like sing this song i'm sure if i came back and i said dude i can't sing that he'd be like oh okay no problem you know but it's that same sort of mentality like well let's see what sticks yeah. Yeah. So, you know, are you picks, literally taking over songs that the previous drummer sang? I get the feeling that I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's certainly been the case with the other ones like that Bon Jovi living on a prayer tune. Uh, the other guy sang and then I'm guessing he sang this one, too. So, yeah, for right now, I'm I'm just plugging into where to where he fit in the mix. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. It, everyone else is really eager. They're like, we should just, you know, like, tell us what songs you sing and, and we'll learn some of those. And so I've given them those lists. Gary doesn't seem too interested in in working that stuff up. And I, and I you know, that's fine. Whatever. It, it's We've got gigs And how do up. you do in this? Because this is um, very specifically, you joined a band with a leader and a booker. Yep. Did they phrase how much they want your business input into these things? Or is your mindset, I'm a side man? Because knowing you, I think you could probably do that, but it's not your it's not your default position. Well, it can be for a while. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm fine, and I know and I know this about me, right? It can be for a while. I'll be the the dutiful side man, and I'll show up, and I'm happy not to have to deal with the headaches. And I just get there, and I play, and I enjoy that, and then I go pack up and go home. Eventually, and it, and when I say eventually, it might take like a year, a year and a half, kind of thing. But something will come up where. 
I, I just without even thinking about it, I'll just like, you know, start spouting off ideas about how to solve a problem or do something differently or, you know, whatever it is. And in yeah. fact, that now that you say that it happened today. Right. Because somebody in our in our Facebook group at uh, giggabpodcast.com slash Facebook asked us uh, he couldn't remember Slack. And, and so he was asking, what's that tool that that communication tool that Paul and Dave have talked about? And I replied and I said, oh, it's Slack. It's great. Use it for all my businesses. I wish I could use it for my bands. And then I tagged Marty, who's our singer in Uptown. I said, I, you know, I wonder if Uptown would ever do anything like this. So there it is. It's already it's already begun. Yeah. <laughs> without even again, without even thinking about it, it's just like, oh, Fling won't do it. I know why Fling won't. And I thought, well, Uptown, maybe who knows? So, yeah. But in the, in the in the categories of suggesting things, there's there's business improvement things. And then there's the all powerful creative things. Right. And there, there are two different types of things like like as a band leader, if someone knew of something that would make the running of the band better. Yeah, I would be all for it. Right. Sure. But the creative things, it seems to have a longer tail of. I would think of all the guys who've ever joined my band. You need to fit into what we're doing before you can start offering creative things. And that's sure that's said explicitly when guys join the band. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And reminded, you know, as things go along. And the funny thing I found is um, most don't hear it. You know, most. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that almost sounds like a dick move to just tell somebody that. Like, I would take that as like, seriously. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then, then we're having a dick. So, you know, it's like, here's what you can expect to sing. We're not going to be, you know, you need have a lot of work to do to learn our show. Well, that that's before. the thing. Yeah, that that part makes sense to me. And that's why I haven't really pushed anything, because it's like I got to get up to speed. Up, I got to get to the point where I'm even with them, yeah. you know, where the the show is operating smoothly. And I, there's no point. It, well, I suppose there, I could argue there's a point, but but there's to me, there's not in me trying to change all kinds of things. When I, I have, frankly, a lot of work to do to catch up to where these people are. Yeah. Yeah. So that part makes sense to me. And, and maybe that's all you're saying is like, look, dude, you know, step A before step B. Well, there, there's a degree of style, right? So if a guy comes in new and starts, I think it's a pretty presumptuous thing if a guy comes in and starts pushing a creative agenda and when you say picking, creative agenda, you mean picking songs? Well, it could be picking songs or, um, you know, it, it, it depends on how you do it. You know, sure. things, things within songs, stops, transitions, mm. all types of I'm open to ideas, and I, but there's a way to do it. But right. usually these things have a line of thinking, right? Usually if it's the guys who can't contain themselves and they, you know, that's, you know, that's pushing an agenda. There's a way to make suggestions, creative suggestions that is palatable to everyone. And you're, you're basically, if you're new in a band, I think you're kind of setting some expectations. So, you know, I, th those are two very important things. I've had guys come in and say, Hey, you know, when I had a band, we did this. Let me show you how it works. And it was like a good idea. And, and you adopt it. Sure. And then if you're like, Oh man, do this. You know, if, if your approach is kind of heavy handed and you're in your first month, two months in a band, yeah. You're letting the other guys in the band, you know, you're communicating a style to other guys in the band. And, totally. you know, like my, my personal style is like, I'm going to, I'm going to ease in, I'm going to check stuff out. I'm going to do what's asked. I'm going to, you know, that type of thing. And then I'll pick and choose my places, but it's just a matter of respect that, you know, if you're joining a well-oiled machine, you learn everything you can about the machine. About the machine. Suggesting to change it. Uh, well, yeah. We are, we're in total agreement on that point. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Totally, because I 
I got to join. Like you said, there's this this thing that's operating and I I need to fit in. I need to make it at least as good as it was before I joined, right. if yeah. not better. Right. And that takes a certain amount of focus and work. And, and, and the way I hear it, well, that's it. The way I hear it as a leader, is if somebody's concerned about things external to that, they're probably not focusing enough on that. Right. So. That's right. Well, and that's why, like I said, you know, I'll, I'll try this Brian Adams tunes tonight and we'll yeah. see how it goes. I mean, I've sung it on my own. I've never sung it before with a band. You know, I, when I saw it on the list, I was like, okay, you know, I'm fine. I'm, I'm game. Let me see. So I played with it a little and there's a couple of notes. It's like, yeah, this guy, I think the previous drummer had a range that was like, you know, maybe three steps higher than mine, you know, maybe two. But there's there's some notes where it's like, yeah, no, that's not that's not for Dave, you know, and (laughs) and and that's, you know, with drum parts, I can pretty much either play or fake anything. Right. That's not an egotistical thing to say. Maybe it is, but. I, I'm confident that I can get through any drum part, either exactly as I'm supposed to or in a way that no one else is going to care. Right. But with singing, there's especially some money notes in tunes, you know, that that people are going to look for. So it's like, OK, yeah. can I am I capable of doing that or not? And and so that's sort of been the interesting thing. It's like, all right, well, I'll roll with it and see. But six months from now. You know, are we still doing that tune that's really difficult for me? Or is that the time to say, hey, man, maybe instead of doing this one, it's never come across quite right. Why don't we try, you know, one of A, B or C? Would that work for you? Like that, yeah. th- I can see that happening. And that that conversation or the precursor to that conversation has already happened. And and it's fine. But it, it, at this point, I'm totally fine to just focus on let me learn your set. Let me learn everything I can about what you already do. And then let's move forward together. And, and during that process, of course, we'll get to know each other and that's a good thing. And we'll play some gigs and we'll have some fun and we'll have some trouble that we got to deal with because the sound didn't work at that one gig. Remember that? Ha ha. You know, all that stuff, right. You, you know, that sort of becomes part of that, that shared history that we don't really have any of. I mean, we have a little bit. I talked about the last rehearsal when I got there there's no stool or pedal, right? So it begins like, okay, cool. You know, make it happen. But yeah, I, I'm not I, I have no desire at this point, not even like a an inkling of a desire to start like pushing and changing. Like what I, what song would I suggest other than this Brian Adams tune if this one's too tough for me? I don't even know. You know, they asked me one guy asked me for a list. The singer asked me for a list. So I sent it out. You know, this was months ago, right after I joined. And then it, that sort of got buried. And it's like, that's fine. I, you know, I don't know how you guys operate. I'll find Are there out. Any, um fringe gb songs that you're having to learn for this any good songs you want to share uh you know let me pull up the uh i got the old ipad right here because after we finish recording today i'm going to uh i'm going to play through some of these tunes so that uh i can do it tonight let's see um i never played the 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 alicia keys if i ain't got you song i'd never played that before it's not difficult but um but that's that's on the list um there's a Lady Gaga tune I've never played. Stevie Wonder's Happy Happy Birthday I've actually never played, and this is this gig's a birthday party, so we're working that into it. Um, I don't know. No, that's about it. The jump got put on the list. Van Halen. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's not an easy drum part at all. That's really difficult to get that right. So that one was like, oh crap, I got to learn jump. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've sort of known it, but I've never tried to play it before. Like, ah, oh, okay. 
That's probably the hardest one. That and we talked about Don't Stop Believing before. But that's a that's a weird part to play. So right, but a jump is difficult. Jumps really hard. Yeah, I mean, it, well, especially there's an eight bar middle section under the guitar solo that's just bizarre. The Where do you think these weird together. jump parts come from in the studio? Do you think they're producers who say do this? Because, you know, a lot of these things are just like, why would a drummer think of this? You know, when you think about someone writing a song or bringing a song into a band, where do you think these odd, like, strange? No, I think it's the drummer. I think it's the drummer. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, especially like jump, that middle section, it's weird. It's just this angular thing. And the snare is on every offbeat in a weird way. And it it just becomes this weird, weird sort of jarring thing that then drops down into the, underneath the keyboard solo that's more straight. And if you listen to that and then go listen to, you know, many years later, the drum part that Alex played for finish what you started, it's that same kind of thing. It's like, that's, okay, so that's his feel. I get, yeah, this is, but that's the hard part about that as a drummer. It's like, okay, now I'm not playing my, like if somebody told me, Hey, it'd be cool if you played some weird angular thing here. I'd be like, okay, cool. And I'd play something comfortable for me. That's weird and angular. Whereas it's like, play that guy's weird angular thing. It's like, okay, now I got to get into his head and uh, figure this out and make it natural as opposed to just playing the notes on the page. Yeah, and that's like an interesting conversation for cover musicians as well, because yeah. you dive into kind of like, what do I know about this player, right? Like Clapton's a good example. You know, Clapton's incredible. Sure. There are definitely consistent approaches to soloing that he uses totally yeah that makes sense when you look at it as as his whole you know body of work and if you're going to study that then you'll understand it a lot better and that's kind of the interesting challenge about being a cover musician is that you know difficult to be good at all of those all those sounds and all those styles and all those touches and touch is a big thing about it it's the same thing with drummers right yeah doesn't matter what the kid is you're going to sound like you is the first thing right that's right totally yeah, of course. Same with guitar players. It doesn't yeah. matter with the strings, the guitar, the amp. You're basically going to hear the touch yep. of that player. I think I told this story on the show once before that Brian Setzer picked up um, Stevie Ray Vaughan's yeah. rig one time. Yeah. And he goes, I thought it was going to sound like Stevie. Sound like me. <laughs> Sounds just like me. Yeah, exactly. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing. And, you know, with cover tunes to me and i i learned this lesson from a buddy of mine who was just a pro cover musician a guy named ron marks who i think he's still in nashville but uh he uh he said you know you got to just listen to the song or even better if you've heard the song before sing the parts that you know just out loud to yourself that's the part that you have to cop the rest of it you can just like ride your way through the song you don't have to cover every little nuance that happens, but you've got to find the licks uh, that, that, that do jump out to people, the things that were brought out in the original recording, you know, and he's like, those are the things that you gotta, you gotta catch because that's what people will say. Oh yeah. That's what I know about that song. That's it. If you're trying to make it sound somewhat like the original, I mean, we're not talking about tribute projects. We're also not talking about, you know, taking songs and just changing them for your own. Nothing's wrong with either of those two extremes. I'm talking about in the middle when you're just in a cover band and it's like, okay, we're trying to play this song and make it sound like the one that you think, you know, from the radio. So, yeah. Yeah. I have an interesting question for you. Yeah, man. Going to take a little left turn here. Yeah. How do you memorize lyrics? <sighs> um, gosh, I have a pretty good memory as it stands. Um, 
the way it, it has changed over the years, right? When I was a kid, I used to just write them down because that was the only way to get them written down if they weren't in the album sleeve. Now, of course, you can go get them on the internet. Uh, but that process of writing them down always would help me in right. in getting the lyrics because you're interacting with them, you know, that, that whole note-taking thing. Um, nowadays, I never do that. I should, but I don't. So it's reading them off the page. And then... Um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll simplify it down to the first word or first line of every verse. And then that's enough to jog the rest of my memory. And then, and then eventually I just have to close the book and, and, and play it. It's like, yeah. Okay. And it, it's the Steve second, says, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He says you, you sing it until you stumble and then you go back to the beginning and you sing it until you stumble and you keep going over and over and over again. Yeah. And that, that's that repetition. I'll do it. I, I've shared this before. Lyrics are really hard for me. And, but I, one of the things I'm learning is once I use a cheat sheet, I'm kind of hosed. I'm, it's you know, it's kind of like yeah. your brain knows that there's a, there's a, a backup there. And, uh, and it's almost like it creates a block for going ahead and learning it holistically. And so that's, one thing, once, once you've depended on something else, it's really hard to break your mind of, uh, of knowing that that's there. Yeah. But yeah, writing it works for me as well. You know, just write the lyrics over and over again and yeah. next things. Yeah. That's, um, you know, and the, and the process of course of writing the lyrics, a lot of times it, you, you stop and you rewind. You're like, wait, what, what did he say there? Like, Oh, I think that's what he said, you know? And, and that sort of starts to bring it into to fruition too. But what about the process of just singing along with the record? Is that, is that supportive? See, there's some things that's weird. I find that I know, and I'm not sure why it's so ingrained in me, but I just yeah. know it and it just comes out yeah. and other things, no matter how much I sing along, once I take the music away, it's, it's back to ground zero for me. Huh? Yeah. I find singing along the, with the record is, is helpful in a lot of ways, but, but it also is that crutch because there is someone there feeding you the lines. Uh, so for memorizing lyrics, not so much, but, but I, um, I always think about the, like the, the melody and the lyrics are, are sort of intertwined, right? If you wanted me to say the lyrics to a song to you, I'd have to sing the melody in my head and then I'd be able to, to, you know, write them out or say them as words. But, um, it's that melody that sort of drives the, the recall of the lyrics for me. And I know theater, theater folk. Um, and I say that term <laughs> with, love. with a lot of love. Yeah. Cause it could be argued that I'm one. <laughs> um, but they always tell me that, you know, with their, their lyrics are what help them find their blocking. Like the whole, it's all one thing that you do. And, and I, I suppose that's the same for, for us. I mean, it, you know, I'm playing a part on the drums while I'm singing and it becomes this thing that is all one, even though I learned it as very separate things that I had to piece together. But it, it yeah. starts to gel as one thing. Yeah. Well, um, so lyrics, you know, part of emoting the song is kind of getting into the story and the lyrics. So songs that songs that have a thematic, you know, a story to them or, or a logic to them. But then you get something like, you know, the Beatles come together. How on earth? <laughs> right. You know, what yeah. would be the process of peace? And that, that's just rote memorization it is yeah i i i i know that song but only if i can remember the first line of each of the four verses like that that's one of those where it's like okay what's the second what's yeah. the second one uh no we're not at roller coaster yet you know okay so yep that that one i, I don't sing it often enough I, I usually sing harmonies on it which is great because i'm always singing harmonies to the second line it's like i know exactly where i am <laughs> as yeah. long as the singer knows where he or she is right 
But uh, yeah, Funny. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's fun though. You know, it's part of the. That's uh, that's part of why I like live music. Is you know sometimes you flub the lyrics and it it happens. So it does happen. Yeah, it's good. What do you do when it happens? Uh, keep singing. You just sing make up something. a word and just move on. Yeah, sing, sing something. something. Yeah, the the worst thing I can do is get stressed about it. You know. Yeah. So I just keep keep trucking. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You just got to keep going. And then words come out, you know, especially I'll start singing the melody that I know. And a lot of times the words just seem to form around it because my brain knows the words tied to the melody. And so it's just like, get out of your way. Yeah. I read something once that if you're, if you're, if you're having a hard time, hum the melody and your brain will reconnect it. Your brain knows the words. Yeah. Hum the melody and it'll come back to you. I haven't tried that or I haven't found it to be successful for me, but I have read that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it can work, but sometimes it can't. And so sometimes you just sing something else or you sing the first verse again, you know, second verse, same as the first <laughs> in there always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a question from listener Dan that I wanted to get through at some point here. And I figured today is as good a time as any, uh, it's about in-ear monitors. And, uh, I think Dan sent this into my, uh, Mac Geek Gab email, but uh, but he is now a, a Gig Gab listener, and uh, and he he said uh, he was asking what the difference is between soft silicone for custom fit ear monitors and hard acrylic, and he evidently has a an opportunity through I think through his church to get uh, perhaps some hard acrylic ones uh, at a discount, but was really thinking maybe the soft ones would be more comfortable and last him longer. Uh, and all of that. There, there are a couple of companies on the market that make soft silicone. Sensophonics was probably the first and might still arguably the, be the biggest. And then ACS is uh, another one that now is making soft silicone. And, and when I say soft silicone, I mean like, like malleable soft. I mean, it's rubber. It feels like rubber, right? I mean, it's silicone. So it, it retains a shape, but it's very, very uh, easy to form. And then of course, hard acrylic that you've had, Paul, uh, and I have is uh, is hard. Uh, you know, it's just a yep. hard piece of plastic that that seems like it would be terribly uncomfortable. Uh, and I've tried both. I used Sensophonics for years until they fell apart on me. And I attribute that entirely to the fact that they were made of soft silicone and taking them in and out and kind of moving them around. They started to just break apart uh, after you know, a couple of years and it really wasn't that long. It was just a couple of years of, of weekend gigs. It wasn't, you know, 200 gigs a year. It was maybe 25 gigs a year kind of thing. And, um, and I've used like you have hard acrylics from several companies right now. I'm wearing my JH audios, uh, the reference monitor pair uh, that I do for every podcast I do now. Uh, prior to that, I was using Westone ES2s, which are hard acrylic on stage. I've used the ultimate ears, hard acrylics of various models. And I'll tell you, as long as they, my experience is as long as they are fitted or, or the, 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 uh, the molds are made right. And then from the molds, your earpieces are made right. The comfort level is like through the roof. I've never had a problem. How about you with the hard no. acrylics? Yeah. No, cause it's just fits right to what you, 
it's, I mean, it's yeah, it's custom molded. fit. Yeah. So there's nothing there's nothing not to not to like. Yeah. Now, do you find over time through a gig that they your ears get sore or fatigued in a physical way? Nope. From okay, yeah, I don't either. I yeah, I've never had a problem with the hard acrylics, and they're far more roadworthy, um, and they're easier. I find on stage, you know, if I am in a scenario where I need to take one out. And and even more importantly, put one back in sort of mid performance. Um, the hard acrylic ones pop right back in because they they right. they just fit. Uh, whereas you kind of screw them in is sort of how it goes. But it's a very you know it's like a half turn on the screw. You just put it in your right. ear and pop. And the the soft silicone, I needed like my full hand at, and all my fingers to really kind of you know tuck the the earpiece into all the nooks and crannies of my ear. So it, they were comfortable, but. And they and you get a good seal, but yeah, it, it's a it's a little bit of extra work. I actually prefer the hard acrylics, believe it or not. So that's my thought on it. Sounds like you've. It, well, you I don't have, have anything to compare to, but you know, I, I have no problem with the fit. Yep. No problem with fatigue. They just do what they do. They do what they do. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for sending that in. If anybody has a question, feedback at giggabpodcast.com is the place to uh, to send in to us. We have a couple other questions, but we'll, we'll save those for another show. Do you, we have I'm glad a, somebody brought up the Slack thing because we should really keep pounding that. It really, uh, you know, that instantaneous communication, easy way to share files, easy way to, you know, share calendars. I mean, I just think Slack is such a great solution. So much better than email, so much better than text messaging. Yeah, I know. So I just, I just want to wave that banner one more time that if you're, if you're killing me here, <laughs> go ahead and wave the banner and then i'll tell you why you're killing me i think you know well yeah. I, it is i mean i just there's a little bit of a uh, if you if you're not comfortable with messaging you know like every most people have used aol instant messenger if you're not tech comfortable there's a little hurdle to get over but it's really not that bad from everything i can tell it's you know you see the name of somebody you want to talk to you click on it and you're chatting directly with them yeah you know you click a little plus sign and you can chat with two people you can drag a file right onto a window and you're sharing a file and, you know and then it gets more you know it actually is so cool you actually can click a little telephone handset and you're actually having a phone call with somebody so there's a lot of really great upsides about just instantaneous communication and, well, and you know that- like i said my my band the channels that we have set up i have one this general conversation you know a place where i can drop any media that the that the band gets to inform the band um you know prep notes you know where to go for a gig and where to park and all that type of stuff rehearsal prep notes you know that type of thing all searchable all all organized how much are we getting paid for this gig it's all in there you know for people to remember so it just it just i think is a really ideal solution for small work groups like a band, I don't know how it scales when you've got hundreds of people, but for small work groups, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the key is those those separate channels that you can build, because with bands, I find, you know, you, you if you just use email, which, of course, is the default, if you don't actively do something else, then you wind up with a zillion email trails and the subjects of them tend to be less than accurate and certainly less than valuable. They, they don't compartmentalize things. You wind up, somebody asks a question in one email thread because it's all amongst the same people. What's the difference? And suddenly, you know, the set list for the gig is buried in the, uh, what time do we arrive at the last gig thread? You know, right. because, and, and that's where it starts to get really confusing. And with Slack, 
you get this, uh, you, you have all these separate compartments and you can say, okay, what's our, cause I noticed you guys have a set list channel. You know, Nick was showing yep. it to me at the gig. Cause he was like, do you know any of these tunes? We should play some of these. I'm like, Oh, holy crap. I need this for fling. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Oh, never mind, never mind. Oh, let me look at the songs, you know, but, but just seeing that I'm like, Oh man, I really like, it would be so much easier. <laughs> well, and the nice part is, it also, if you're diligent about it, and I think you, it takes a little bit of diligence to do it right, but you, you only use Slack. You don't use email. You don't use text message. And yep. by putting it all into one place, there's never a question of, wait, where was it that you told me about that thing? I know you told me about this thing. Was it, a, was it, did you, did you, I message it to me? Did, it's you all know? searchable. Well, that's the thing. If it's in Slack, you just search. It doesn't matter. You're going to find it. So, yeah. So even if you're not like a real tech person, Slack is free for small groups. The limit is that after I think ten thousand messages, it stops archiving your messages. So there is a, a yeah. Limit you, there. you can only see the most recent ten thousand, which only ten thousand. Yeah, which which is <laughs> fine, it, right? Which is a, it's a lot. And also, if you get to the point, especially if you're running it with your business or whatever, where you decide you need something that's in the the archive, you if you sign up for a paid account, that archive there. is there. Yeah, it's not like it's been deleted or. Even with a free account, you can export your archive to JSON files. Uh, and, uh, you know, parents ask your kids what that means uh, <laughs> at any point in time. And that has your full archive. It's just not available to you inside the Slack apps. And, of course, there's apps for mobile and um, and, and desktop and you can do it on the web. So it's fully just it's it really awesome. is. It yeah. is awesome. Just yeah, you're killing me, though, because I got to go into this rehearsal with these guys. And I know Marty's going to say, what was that Slack thing you asked about? And there it is. Dave, you know, showing up with his grand new ideas. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. <laughs> well, just say that. Just say, hey, yeah. you know, I, I found it to be really it's the same thing as like submitting your creative ideas. Like, listen, in right. other bands and other things that I do, there's always those little like one off questions that don't exactly. you don't want to set up an email and start an email thread and track an email thread. It's just a quick instant thing. And I would imagine most people have used AOL instant messenger and that's the closest first paradigm you can use for this. And then you can yeah, slowly, I, guess, I mean, Skype, plan, Skype is probably a little more modern instant. If people have used Skype. Yeah, that's true. If people have used Skype, that's a good point. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Fair point. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, covered good a, stuff. Covered a lot of ground today. Covered a lot of ground. It's good stuff. Folks, like we said, uh, you can find us at uh, com slash Facebook. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com. I don't know. What else do we have to say, Tom? Always be have cheesecake. <laughs> I don't really like cheesecake, but I like performing. Who doesn't like cheesecake? <laughs>